Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Two Guys and a Mic, the official name of the show. Thank you so much for joining us midweek, Wednesday, hump day. Hump day, if you will, here in the fine city of Chicago. Absolutely gorgeous pre-summer day. Actually, it's uh, even though it feels like summer. Kids are now out of school, technically, according to the uh, 2012 calendar en route. It is not officially summer yet. Doesn't really matter. It's an absolutely gorgeous day out there. Hope everybody's day is off to a great start. Thank you so much for joining us. Sports talk and more. Here are the two guys at a mic show. We'll jump off the sports page as we always do. We'll do a little French Open. We got the NBA uh, playoff to talk about. NHL, maybe the final day of uh, NHL hockey tonight. We will find out. All that and more. Dog and a coach at your service. A little bit of music, and then we will kick off from the 35 yard line, hopefully deep in the end zone where it can't be returned. Indeed, as I welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, who uh, does this as a habitual nuisance of sorts. But for his full-time living, he actually gives tours out in the uh, beautiful waters of the Chicago River. Big dog, I was down on the Chicago River area looking for yesterday, but David Olson has informed me that I was probably about four miles east of where you were. (laughs) How are you, buddy? Four miles east. Where were you in Lake Michigan? <laughs> All right, <laughs> maybe not four miles, but I was significantly. I was in the Michigan Avenue, Chicago River area. Yeah, we that's, we paddle past there every single day. As a matter of fact, I paddled past it twice yesterday. Okay, but I wanted to actually meet you like at two o'clock at your station location, but you're a little bit farther west where your home base is. Yeah, six hundred west, ah. which is okay. half a mile from Michigan Avenue. All right. I was watching, you know, there were a lot of boats that came by. I didn't think I saw any kayaks. So if you came by, you probably were going so fast that, you know, that the human eye could not see you. At 2 o'clock, I was hooking up one of my buddy's friends with an unbelievable deal. Wow. I get there two hours early just to help this guy, hook this guy up with a deal, and he didn't even tip me at oh. all. Oh, can you, can you believe it? I hooked Come this on. guy up. I'm not even working, not even getting paid. Hooked this guy up with a half price deal, okay? And then he, I don't even get a tip from him. What is the uh, David Olson? You're our um, core. You're our Miss Manners of sorts here in the two guys in a mic show. What, if it's a friend, let's say you're waiting. You're a waiter, and you're waiting on a friend. To the friend, because of, you know, you're a good friend, do they not have to tip you? Should they tip you more, or should they tip you? You should tip them more. Even more. more, especially if they're hooking you up. You should there you tip go. them more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go. If okay. they charge you full price, you say to your buddy, hey, after you, you can't give me a deal, and you don't tip them at all, and then you make fun of them when you go out that <laughs> night, okay? When they give you something at half price, you're like, hey, let's split the frickin' difference, okay? Uh, this would have normally cost me 100 You paid me 50 or you charged me $50. i am going to give you a $25 tip, and I still came out $50 ahead. That's that's wow. how you do it in life, wow. okay? I, I don't know how it normally yeah. works, especially when... Coach, if I was working, that's one thing. I went out of my way to go downtown to leave. I was at the East Bank Club on the pool deck chilling, okay? And the next thing I know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
people? Ah, I love the fact that the big By dog the way, is now chilling. It was Mrs. Naperville was the wife. Wow. I thought you were chilling on the East Bank pool deck with Mrs. Naperville. So Mrs. Uh, Venezuela, Miss uh, Miramar, Woo. and Miss Alaska were up there. Wow. And Miss Alaska was the hottest. She was big. Wow. Let me know when Miss Berwin shows up. I might make a special appearance. He's doing pretty good this year, Miss Berwin. <laughs> By the way, did you hear a Miss, I think it was Miss Ohio. I just saw the YouTube or some little brief, brief moment in time, but apparently was down to the top five. And one of the questions they were at, I think it was the USA pageant, Miss America. I can't keep track of the rather uh, stupidified uh, beauty pageants. But the question was, name a female movie star who motivated you or you look up to or who's a great role model. And I... I I think I know where she was going, but she got a lot of flack for it, and I think Lost did not make the final two because of it, Big Dog. She picked uh, um, Pretty Woman, uh, Julia, why am I blanking on her last name? Roberts. Huh? Julia Roberts. Yeah, I'm sorry. Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman, and she said something about how she overcame and, you know, achieved success and stuff, and of course... Might not have been the best selection for some of those judges, because basically in that movie she was... A prostitute who fell in love and ended up marrying a rich guy. We don't know married. He just, she just yeah. picks him up. He, she leaves in his limo. That's all we know. Okay. All right. But anyhow, that just as a, as a sidelight. But uh, at any rate, well, David, I'm not sure I like the way this week is going. Just to review, when Joel uh, joined us on Monday, how was your week? Spectacular. Yesterday you were doing pretty good, and today you sound like you're somewhat agitated because your friend didn't no, tip no, you. No, 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 I'm a little worried what you're going to be like no, on Friday. Uh, you, you brought up the – you brought up the – I have to take <laughs> off. I'm not doing anything today, Coach. Uh, I'm going to watch baseball. Nice. Life is good. Nice. It was supposed to be an off day for me yesterday, so I'm kind of like making fun of my buddy's buddy. Okay. But uh, I, I ended up having a huge day money-wise because they gave me two tours on the day I was supposed to have off. I'm freaking happy. But wow. I am in a really, really good mood. It was just funny that you brought up 2 o'clock right at <laughs> – that was just—that was like right at the time I was about to slap somebody yesterday. I was like, "Really? Wow!" I thank you. I'm thank you for. Uh, I was in the right. steam room 15 minutes ago enjoying it. Right. So. Beautiful. You are—you uh, are all of a sudden Mr. East Bank here. You're getting a little. I'm a little worried now because, you know, the fans, your adoring public, love you because you are Joe Blue Collar Football Jock Sports Talk guy, and I'm a little worried now that you have the honorary membership to East Bank. That all of a sudden you're going to go hotty toddy on us, big dog. Oh, coach! No, 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 not at all. I'm here to make fun of all my uh, members. <laughs> I, I gotta be—I gotta be quite honest with you. Every time I hear something, ask, you should—you should see the pickup games of basketball, coach. I haven't played basketball in 15 years. I think I was the most dominant player on the court. Wow! I, I was only one for one from the field. Okay, but I, I am not kidding you. But then playing two or three times, I'll be the best player on that in the whole in all of that's, these. Clubs. That's some serious hack recreational basketball. If you're the best player. Serious hack, coach. It's, it's it's bad. As a matter of fact, some midget out there kept elbowing me and stuff. So I told him, you keep on hitting me. And I made sure everybody heard it. I was like, there's a difference between you and me. If you hit me again, I'll hit back. You'll go flying. And I mentioned you that he immediately threw his shoulder in me. Yeah. He went flying so far underneath, like, the next hoop. So all the other nine people on the court started cracking up. They're like, don't mess with him. Oh, goodness. I may have to borrow my mom's or my uh, my brother's. I think they still got a pass. I don't know if they go there. but No, no, no. All you got to do is come with me, but I have to okay. pay 25 bucks for you to come. That's okay. all I got to do. Is I'm just going to sit and observe you amongst the beautiful people at the East Bank uh, 
Fitness Club, that might be worth the price of admission on it. So, by the way, Cinemax, Cindy uh, has emailed in. She wants to know, how was your pickup game at the Upper Deck Pool? Um, I'm going to tell you something. I have possibly the classiest girlfriend of all time in Lily the Lilac. And uh, to be quite honest with you, I am so comfortable and I am so at ease with my situation in in the girl life. They're flocking to me, Coach. They can just see it like, oh, I'm unattainable. Now these girls want me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. When it was like four years ago yep. when I, it was totally available, yep. I'd go up to them and they'd be like, why are you stinking of desperation, mm-hmm. sir? Yes, you, you, you're you you're handsome. You smell good. But, well, I probably didn't smell good most of the time, but just every once in a while yeah, I did. You're, smell good, you're so. right about that. That's the female instinct. They can, they can sniff that out. That's why uh, uh, married guys, actually, from what I hear, uh, not that I would know, married guys can be somewhat – Popular items at, at various middle age pickup bars. I absolutely told. Uh, I tell Lily about this when I when I put the ring on. I was a uh, I was uh, selling memberships at Valley Total Fitness. I literally had more than one woman say, "Hey, you know what? I, I'm I you know thank you for the advice. Blah blah blah. Let me make you dinner." But one of them looked me right in the eye, says, "Hey, why don't you, you did such and such for me? I had this great healthy meal that I, that I'm going to make tonight. Why don't you come home and eat it?" She looks right down at my ring and looks right back in my eyes and smiles like, hey, I know you're married. Let's mm-hmm. get this done. Mm-hmm. I, I, Coach, I'm not the best looking dude in the world. That happened to me over a course of a year at least like four times where I was just basically, hey, let's go let's go back. And I know you're married. Don't worry about it. I, I know it's a health club, so it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. That never has happened before or since <laughs> when I had the ring on. Before yeah. or since ever in my whole entire life. Every single time it ever happened to me, I had a wedding ring on. Yep. It's the female instinct. It's the chemical reaction. They can sniff it out. You see it in nature with other animals. And uh, after all, Big Doug, and you can attest to this uh, in your anthropological way, but uh, that the human being is just an advanced species of what we see in nature. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. What the hell am I talking No, 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 no. no. You're, you're right, Coach. And <laughs> the smarter people can go back to realize that you know we are very – there's certain things, certain instincts – Basic stuff yep. that we do all the time. Yep. And that's what people, sometimes I think we forget. Mm-hmm. Just like the heat, they tend to crumple at the end of games. Do you know what I mean? That's just their basic oh, instinct. Smooth. Smooth. Professional transition right there. Nicely done, Big Dog. Little NBA talk. Hold on, let me put the tweet out there. NBA talk live right now with the Big Dog and the coach. Our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. They did. Uh, Joe Wilford... Wilt out there. I want to talk about my guy Joe Wilfred's song on the French Open, too. That was unbelievable. But uh, Celtics and Heat, big dog, I did. Uh, I haven't watched a whole lot of the series, but I watched the entire second half. As most people know, Boston won at 94-90. to 90, And um, that was, we, we, the second half was a game of swings. Heat were up big. Celtics were up big. Both teams came back, came down to the stretch. And apparently you were of the thought processes that Miami just wilted down the stretch. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's a bunch. Of, let's give the Celtics some credit because they did play some tenacious defense over the the, the last couple of possessions of that game. But uh, there, there's something to be said where does anybody besides Dwayne Wade want the basketball? I know LeBron James. He he, he turns into the Kirk Heinrich triple 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 in the last five minutes of the game. What what happens with that coach? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, is it, they really only have one guy that really wants to take a shot when when the game is on the line. And Spolstra is getting hammered for not playing Chris Bosch down the stretch yesterday. 
you know what, they lost, and they, they didn't play Bosch, so maybe these people are right. But Bosch, was my, they were minus 12 when Bosch was on the court. They were outscored by 12 points in the 14 minutes Chris Bosch was on the court. And he didn't seem like he was moving around all that well. And Because and I, I, only, I only watched the fourth quarter. Okay, so I'm only, I'll, I'm only watching highlights of what Bosch looked like. He, it looked like he was moving all that great. Why are they pounding on Spolstra for yeah. not playing? Uh, even though I have to admit, Stephen A. Smith is hilarious. Even though when I don't agree with him, when he talks basketball, he sounds so eloquent and educated. And he was ripping Eric Spolstra for not playing Bosch down the end, and I don't mm, get it. I don't, I don't know. I watched the second half. I didn't see a whole lot of Chris Bosch play, but that was <coughs> – excuse me. That was one of the last thoughts I had, Big Dog, that, oh, if Chris Bosch was in here, that would make a difference. The Heat had enough to win the game there down the stretch. They just didn't make enough plays. As you mentioned, LeBron James, what was he, about 3 for 10 down the stretch? He had one great drive to the basket, but other than that – he pretty much settled for staying outside and being the uh, the point power forward, if you will. And, uh, you know, with only two scorers in there, they need LeBron to score late, and he continues to be hesitant to do so. That was the key. If you really want to be a dominant distributor and facilitator, you have to be able to, at will, take games over sometimes and score. And I know you don't like the whole Derrick Rose, you think he does it too much, Michael Westbrook does it too much. But if you really want to be great, you know, every once in a while, Magic Johnson would just be like, hey, you know what? I can score on the guy that I'm, that I'm over. Mm-hmm. And I will just, I'm just going to a couple times in a row just hammer this guy. Then all of a sudden the whole defense is like, oh no, now Magic's scoring. If LeBron ever just decided to take over with like, you know, just be selfish for from the third minute to the one minute to go in a game, three minutes to one minute to go. The, the Heat would have a 10-point lead. You wouldn't have to worry about them choking and having a horrible possession with one minute to go. Mm-hmm. But instead, they just, okay, we're going to, this possession so important. They play tight, coach. They play like the seven world championships are on the line. Not one, not two, not three. You know, uh, it cracks me up. They, they have made their bed, and now they're stuck in this whole quagmire of, if they don't play like at a championship level every single game, and if they choke in the fourth quarter, they're losers. And it seems like they—that's what happens to them every single series. Celtics winning on the road yesterday at Miami. Going to be coming home tomorrow with a chance to clinch it. Don't count the Heat out just yet. If they can pull off a road victory, they'll be coming back home uh, as well. I, I, I driving here, big dog. I heard Steve Kerr, who I believe is doing the color announcing for the Oak City. Um, Oklahoma City-San Antonio series, so that game's on tonight. But he brought up a good point, and one that I hadn't thought of, but that kind of hit me square right smack between the forehead, and that is, you know, he's he's watching Kevin Durant, the star for Oklahoma City. He was comparing him to LeBron James, and he said, Durant, when he gets the ball, he goes into scoring mode. He makes his move. LeBron James so often, and, and, you know, he... You know, there's no question LeBron's a superstar, and he also said LeBron's a much better defensive player, phenomenal all-around player. But offensively, under pressure, LeBron holds the ball, and the defense sets. You know, he'll put the ball up in the air, and he'll wait. No way. Durant scores within the motion of the offense. He makes his move right away. LeBron, it's a wait, wait, wait. I thought that was a good comparison, and maybe one of the fallacies in LBJ's game. And you know what, Coach? I I completely agree. I've never considered you don't you consider Carmelo Anthony a ball stopper, okay? Because he's looking to score. 
maybe there could be ball stoppers on guys that are that are distributors too. You know what I mean? And then the best thing that LeBron can do is get the ball out of his hands, either immediately look to score or create an immediate basket for somebody. And if not, you have to get the ball out of your hands. That makes that makes a heck of a lot of sense. And I've never heard that mm-hmm. compared with LeBron James because it also shows a difference where I was trying to explain to somebody because I was like ripping Carmelo Anthony for – Yes, he's a lot better than I was saying he was in the half, like halfway part of the year. The guy is a great sport. He's a good player in the clutch with two minutes to go in the game. My goodness, he'll take every shot and make sure it's a good one. But Michael Jordan, like I was a different scene. Michael Jordan was just a pure scorer too, but he did not stop and hold the ball. You're exactly right, coach. He like the ball kept going, and then he would move if his shot was not there. If he caught the ball, he was either going to drive or shoot. Or pass. He was not going to sit there unless it was like a part of the game where they went in by 20. He was just like rolling out. The, like it was a time issue mm-hmm. on the clock. That's, that's Steve Kerr's right about that, Coach. Mm-hmm. That's excellent analysis. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. We, we always said complimentary players. You know, the Celtics have their stars. The Miami Heat have their stars. Complimentary players can make a difference. Big shots down the stretch from Michael Pietras. What did he hit? A couple of – he's a defensive specialist, Big Doug. He hit two huge Threes, that was a big part of the win for the Boston Celtic. Yeah, it, it just goes to show, though, if if you're a guy who's a defensive specialist, but, you know, you play 10 minutes a game, well, you know, you have 24 hours in a day, you might as well work on your jump shots, because who knows? Yep. You never know when you're going to be wide freaking open in a real important game, and you should be able to knock down a three-point shot. So Michael Peters, you could, he's got a nice shot. You could tell that guy just works all mm-hmm. day long, just shooting jump shots, Coach. Because the, uh, he's the young man from France that, if memory serves me correct, and of late my memory serves me incorrect, more than correct, but weren't the Bulls about where they actually did draft him and then traded him on draft day? Was that the guy? Thought so. Oh, okay. That's uh, If you're not drafted in the top ten in basketball mm-hmm. over the last like five or six years, I don't know who the heck you are. I mean, I'm not going to lie. He's been in the NBA for a solid five, six years now, but they were he likening. On, I thought he was on the Orlando Magic, wasn't he? I think so. See, that's but, the thing. So I don't think he was in a Celtic Bulls trade. Well, no, but, I, but I'm saying you go back to draft day, and either I'm sure either the Bulls were considering picking him or actually picked him and traded him because there was some, you know, the upside of a Michael Pietras was another Scottie Pippen. Same build, athletic kid. Could defend, could develop into an offensive player. Remember those comparisons. At any rate, well, uh, well, that doesn't matter. The, the fact same, he hit two big shots is what matters. If he had the same build as Scottie Pippen, he ate his way out of that pretty quick because <laughs> he does have a little bit of a pot. Okay, yeah, so. you know that French cooking is awful rich, big dumb. Ooh, it's delicious. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight Celtics up on the. Miami Heat, good stuff coming down the stretch, too. Three games to two clutch plays. Paul Pierce with a uh, in-your-face three-pointer. The Celtics at uh, more than a few moments in that fourth quarter, Big Dog. They they got away from team offense, too, and just went one-on-one. And, you know, Pierce, that three-pointer he hit was, you know, that, that wasn't off of great team offense. He just yeah, stood there, looked cool. around, and jacked it up. It, not only did it, it was a bad shot, Coach. He w- it was one of those sideward leans, not the fadeaway, but hey, I'm going to fall to the left and chuck it up, and it goes in. Like I, I mean, I saw the highlight of that. I didn't watch it, and when right when I, I look at Claudia, he just started laughing because I get so mad when people take really bad shots, 
<laughs> he just started laughing. I didn't even have to say anything. I'm like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. That was about as bad a shot as you can take in an NBA playoff game, and it went in. Yep. So. Yep. Such is the luck for the Miami Heat. By the way, if you're keeping score at home, I just friended or I'm now following Big Booty Bin Live. Good I haven't line. even gone to the bio yet, but anybody with the name Big Booty Bin Live, I figure that's got to be that's, good for a few tweets. There's got to be a couple of them in there, so yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. How many followers are you up to on this year, man, now? is it? Uh... Uh, okay, no, I, I don't really have the time to do it like I should. Okay. And I started this in late April, so uh, it's been about six weeks now, I would say. I'm, okay. up to, I'm at 420 right now. Coach. Wow. 420. 420. I was going to say if you cracked the 200 mark. Yeah, it's uh, it's going all right. Very impressive. I, it, I legitimately on days like today, at the end of the day, I want you to see how many times I get retweeted. I'll probably be retweeted over a hundred times. Wow! So wow. I mean, it's growing, Coach. It's growing every okay. time I'm on the computer. Mm-hmm. The next day, I have twenty-five to forty followers. But the problem is not the problem. But luckily for me, I'm I actually have a I'm an American with a real good job. Mm-hmm. At least for the next six months. And after that, I have to find work again. Uh, I've been working all day, and I haven't had really any time to tweet whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to send stupid stuff out. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want to. I don't want to send something that makes no sense because something has changed in the sports world. So I kind of have to make yeah. sure. Yeah, if you want to add to that, head. we got to get to 500 for this year, man. You can uh, check it out at this year, man, on the uh, Twitter handle. By the way, just as a friendly reminder, if you are a Twitter follower of Abu Yahi Alibi, I probably mispronounced his name. Don't. Be expecting any more tweets, Big Dog, because uh, Al-Qaeda's number two has apparently met his demise. Oh, really? <laughs> well, how did that happen? <laughs> I believe uh, it was courtesy of a drone. As Barack oh. Obama and his defense crew continue, you know, they they lost a lot uh, in the Wisconsin election yesterday, but they're winning when it comes to killing terrorists. Uh, I guess this guy was number two, right, David? Very powerful guy. Abu Yahi. Alibi. Not much security I, I, in that job, uh, in that Al-Qaeda number two no. position, because they seem to get the number two guy an Boy. awful lot, don't yeah, they? Absolutely. You either want to be number three or number one. Number two is a very unsafe. At any rate, if you're following him, Big Dog, don't expect any more tweets. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's. I, I haven't been following him that okay. much. But I, the, guy, the guy's obsessive, so I don't. I was sick of hearing, hey, you know, I just yeah. walked over some rocks. Yeah, of course you walk over some rocks. Yeah. I will say this. I was a follower. His terrorism, you know, stuff, just, you know, you can't even joke about it. Absolutely horrible. But his thoughts on uh, the National League Western Division and some of the early rounds of the NBA playoffs, I thought, quite frankly, he had pretty good insight there. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. (laughs) I'm sure your parents would be proud with that joke. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Dial it up, folks. Big Dog and the Coach. Talk a little NBA playoffs. we got to get to baseball. got to get to the French Open. A triple crown on horse racing is creeping upon us, Big Dog. And, uh, oh, I should also mention, we got a lot of angry emails yesterday. And normally they go to either you or me. Yep. But some of our brethren from uh, over the lake, shall we say, very upset with David Olson's comments um, about the Queen and the Jubilee. A lot of people really? unhappy. Yep. Some of our I listeners. I didn't know we had listeners on the other side of the pond. So, well, we, apparently we do. Either that or they're on this side of the pond pretending to be on the other side of the pond. But uh, David took some heat for basically, you know what, 
quite frankly, I kind of agree with him, but uh, don't send me the angry emails. He's the one who said it, that basically the whole king and queen and prince and princess thing is a whole pretty much of a charade anyways. But it was nice for once, Big Dog, you and me not getting the angry emails. Producer Dave, getting them. Oh, let me work on it. You know, uh, okay. actually, you know, I was in an English pub the other day, and it was during this whole the whole celebration. And I got to be quite honest: the difference between an English pub and an Irish pub, complete. I, mean, I couldn't get out of that English pub fast enough. <laughs> the food that they served was basically floating on grease. Uh-huh. Okay, and every they but they're like, all right, we have really average food. So what are we going to do? Hey, let's deep fry it in in fat for hours. Oof. Okay, and then serve it to people. And then let's drown it in fat that is, has dill in it. And that's basically English food and English barfare. And this is during their Jubilee. <laughs> yeah. What was the tea and crumpets, Coach? Wow. Isn't that supposed to be a little bit better? Yeah. I, where, I, I did not have any good English food at an English bar. I, I, I'm done with it. I believe okay, it was tea and, tea and uh, deep-fried crumpets. That's disgusting. Yeah, I, I have no problem, you know, like, if people mm-hmm. eat poorly. You know, but if, if you're going to eat where it's going to kill you, shouldn't it be like, Ridiculously delicious. Yes. You see where I'm getting that, Coach? Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, well, you want to eat, you know, pork and, and bacon. Well, I know that's, you know, same thing, but you know, hamburgers with cheese. I, I get it, but to deep fry that piece of fish, that, that stuff doesn't even taste good. It's basically pure batter. You're eating yep. bread with that is deep fried. I don't know why the English have lived this long, to be quite <laughs> honest. How is this? This woman has been the queen for 60 years. Yeah. I guarantee she ain't eating, uh, uh, what, fish and chips for lunch every single day. There's no way. <laughs> no, I don't think she and Arthur Treacher are good friends at this point. But all right, we already got enough angry people uh, over in England. Please, let's let's not add to it. But uh, speaking of pubs, you know, I put out a, um, a tongue-in-cheek tweet yesterday, and I forget what it was about, but I said something to the effect that we will be making an appearance at the Hammered and Nailed Bar, and I think I put located just east of the lake. Come visit us. But, but, yeah, I started thinking about that. If you and me open up a bar, we've come up with a lot of ideas. That was one of the ones, this little sports bar with some different creative ideas. The Hammered and Nailed Bar, that's a pretty good name. Well, well what is it going to be? You go there, and at the end of the day, you get a DUI? Is that like our uh, is that our? Uh, yeah, like I guess the, the cops would, and then nailed. The cops would be hanging about that place, but I like the creativity. The Hammered and Nailed, come visit us. Okay, well. Yeah, we could provide our own designated oh, oh, driver. Oh, I get it. I get it. Nailed. I get it. Yeah, thank you very much. All right. I, uh, uh, I, I get it. Thank you very much. Real quick, before moving on to uh, other sporting activities, Big Dog, tonight you got Game 6, Oklahoma City on a roll, San Antonio, like a heavyweight boxer still on their feet, still taking some punches. Do they respond, or do you see Oak City making it a sweep and moving on to the championship? I I, I see you. San Antonio responded. I like San Antonio in seven. They'll win two games in a row. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Oklahoma City is good, too. And I, I like this. Uh, either, these are the two best teams in the game, basketball, that are left. And honestly, I, I love Oklahoma City's team, Coach. I really do. I have thorough respect for this team. They have players that know the role. I talked about it yesterday. And, you know, that's, that's the one thing I love about this team. But I, I, I think the Spurs... They've been down before, and they've been like, they've been down. This is, they can win two games in a row. They can go to Oklahoma City and, and steal a game. We we really don't know if Oklahoma City can close mm-hmm. out a team like the Spurs. You know, we'll see. Winning that fourth game is awful difficult, coach. It's not like winning 
One, two, or three. Now, you're right about that, especially when you're playing, uh, really, when you think about it, prior to a week ago, prior to these last three games, a team that we were, uh, it, it, you know, considering on a roll amongst one of the best we've ever seen in the NBA. They had won 20 in a row playing just unbelievable team basketball, so they can certainly, uh, mm-hmm. you know, jump back to that mode. But, uh, again, I heard a couple of experts talking about, you know, what, what does San Antonio do? What does Oklahoma City need to do? A lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it, Big Dog, the San Antonio success, one of the keys to them, I think, is Oklahoma City needs to miss some of the shots that they're making with regularity yeah. in the fourth quarter. Uh, Coach, you said it. I was gonna, That was going to be my point. You said it yesterday. Oklahoma City was not missing anything. And yeah. it's, sometimes that's my point is I think right now San Antonio – and Oklahoma City, San Antonio is just a little bit better. I don't know how Oklahoma City is hitting all these shots. I don't think they do it again. Yep. I don't. If they continue to hit shots like this, they'll sweep either the Celtics or the Heat. I mean, mm-hmm. it'll be they're they're. I mean, honestly, some of these shots that these guys are are hitting and going in, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. Yeah, some and of them open, but a lot of times, good defense by San Antonio. And again, I love watching Popo on the sidelines. When Oklahoma City's been hot the last two games, you know, the guy's just totally first-stanced. Um, it's funny to watch over in the background as they're hitting shot after shot. I haven't seen a lot of the interviews, Big Dog. Have you been here about him? Apparently, Popo, people are taking like the over and under on his, you know how they have to do like a, I think two quarterly interviews each game. Uh-huh. And apparently, he, <laughs> as the playoffs are going on, Popo. Greg Popovich is getting shorter and shorter. They're taking like over and unders on how many words that he will say. And I think it's gone down to like 14, 9, I believe, last game in, in two different questions. Total answer, response, four words. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so. So, uh, asking him an open-ended question is going to be awful difficult. You can be, you know, what, I mean, what do you, it has to be a yes or no question at this point. Yeah. You got to have a chance to win. Yes. Okay. That's <laughs> enough. We're, we're, we're Thank done with you. Greg Popovich. Thank you, Greg. We'll do it again sometime. Good. Uh, good. Well, I, I'm assuming it's contractual negotiations. The coaches have to do that, correct? Isn't that, isn't that ridiculous? Yes. I, I do think it's ridiculous, Coach, that the NBA has agreed to I – mean, I, I like the openness and I, I, I like all that. But, you know, the NFL does it too. There's an interview before and after halftime with each one of the coaches, depending on, yeah. you know – I don't. I don't know anybody. Nobody like same thing with baseball now. You know, in the national telecast, they're interviewing the managers in the fifth inning. You never get anything out of it, and you can see how no, distracted no, 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 no. the. What? I'm going to have to disagree. In baseball. Oh, in, in every one of the sports, you're right. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's bad, coach. And it's like, why did we do that? Why the people just said everything totally cliche? They give you nothing. But that one percent of the time, you get like a John L. Smith. Like running off the field, the players are playing their open asses open. The coaches are up and screwing up on them. Like, you get stuff like that. I mean, coach, yeah. that's golden. That's freaking golden. Okay, John remember Daniel Smith coming off at halftime. There's been a couple unbelievable uh, yeah. in-game coaching moments. And to be honest, like if I was running the sport, I'd be like, I don't want any of that. We give the press plenty of access before and after the game. During the game, I want my product to worry about the product. Okay, that's. Sometimes when you're too worried about the promotion of your product is when you start bastardizing it, and all of a sudden people like me realize that, man, this marketing is just killing me. Get back to the game. So, 
Uh, I almost forgot about good old John L. Smith. Help me out here. I'm probably going to get details wrong. But I remember a bowl game where, and again, I might have some of this wrong, but this is a classic where he, in the locker room, at halftime, he's making the adjustments, trying to pep his team. And maybe it was in the beginning of the game, and people are getting tweets saying that John L. Smith, their head coach, has just taken a job somewhere else. Yes, that's it's exactly what happened. He was at he was at Louisville. Yes, taking the Michigan State job, and I, you're exactly right. I forget if it was before halftime or if it was during halftime, but some of the players found out. They confronted him, and the score was like East Carolina or Marshall. I think was it Marshall? Maybe it was Marshall. I'm pretty sure it was Marshall, coach, because I thought East Carolina because East Carolina played Marshall the next year, and Byron Leftwich had like nine million yards. But they were, it was like 41 nothing at halftime. It was the complete, the team just did not even play. They didn't even show up. They're like, whatever. I would have hated to have been playing in that football game. I can't even imagine what it would have been like to play a football game mm-hmm. and not care. Not care whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. I know I couldn't. I don't care. Okay, our, our coach quit on us. F him. Let's call our own players or something. I, I, that would have been unbearable for me coach that would have been like a day in hell i couldn't even imagine how bad that would have been as a player yep yep totally something akin uh, to anything that you've uh been used to in sports it's, it's the exact uh-huh. opposite when your coach lets you down like that by the way real quick on the sideline interview i just wanted to make this point i don't blame the sideline interviewers uh you know be it doris burke or craig sager usually it's the female out there they, they actually do considering the circumstance I think they do a heck of a job, much better than the sideline interviewees of 10 or 15 years ago. So I don't blame them. It's just the inherentness of the sideline interview. I wanted to make sure there. I think the, you know most of the females that do it, and Craig Sager, whatever you want to call him, somewhere in between, they do a very good job considering the circumstance. I used to get a little uncomfortable how close Barry Alvarez would get with Aaron Andrews. You know, some people, some people – these coaches run right off the field. When Aaron Andrews is there, you have like coaches flocking. Yep. Hey, they put their arm around him, and they're next. You know, they like, <laughs> like they're drooling on him. And yeah. Aaron Andrews is uncomfortable, or Susie Colbert's getting kissed. You know, what yep. I mean, you yep. just never know what's going to happen in these sideline interviews, coach. Don't worry about it, Aaron. The assistant coaches are taking the halftime. What else you got for me? <laughs> yeah. Barry, get your hand off my thigh. That's not my thigh. That's not my hand. All right, 888-463-6748, the phone number, dog, and a coach. There is more than NBA basketball out there. Big Doe, you have been uh, in a brilliant job, uh, by the way, uh, unpaid, but a brilliant job being our hockey analyst throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Tonight might be the final night. The L.A. Kings on a roll. The Devils slip sliding away. Any chance New Jersey steals one? Uh, well, there, it, there are two goalies and a net and a puck, so I guess anything can happen, but the Kings are trying to become the third team in the history of the NHL and the first since 1960 to win a Stanley Cup Finals without ever trailing during the Finals. Wow. And, and the first game, the Devils outplayed the Kings and lost. And then the second game, the Kings played a lot better. In game three the, at home, the Kings hammered the, the Devils. So it's in game four. The only thing that I, I worry about in this is in these playoffs, Every time the Kings have had a chance to sweep a team at home in Game Four, they have lost and then won in Game Five. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's but other than that, there's nothing else besides that little stupid stat that probably means nothing to tell me that the the Kings are going to lose Game Four, Coach. They should sweep and, and finish the series. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will see. Their goalie is having a phenomenal series. Notices. 
What's the name of the goalie? Uh, for which for which team? Um, the leading L.A. Kings. Uh, Jonathan Quick. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the backup quarterback who once donned a Chicago Bear uniform and led us to three or four of some of the saddest Bear games ever. Jonathan Quinn. Ah. No, yeah, not to be confused with okay. Jonathan Quinn, the human robot. <laughs> Remember Coach Terry O'Shea had him in Kansas City. He thought the kid had potential. We got to bring him over. Honestly, as as soon as he brought him over, because he knows how intricate the offense is, then they should have fired Shea immediately. They should have Terry Shea, you're fired. If you actually thought this guy was an NFL starting quarterback, you are no longer on our coaching staff. How could you convince that poorly? On the positives. There was only one positive, but on the positive, Jonathan Quid did he did stand tall in the pocket. And yeah, he, Tim Moore. <laughs> he also went down hard too, coach. <laughs> oh, I think the offensive line wasn't their nickname back there, the Timber Five. Oh, that, yeah, that, I, that might have been the year. I'm not sure. There's yeah. been a. It was actually in our, it was in our signal. Ready, set, hut, hut, hut. One, two, hut, hut. Timber down goes Jonathan Quinn. Yeah, sorry. For, for from 1920 to 1970, the Bears <laughs> had some of the greatest offensive lines in NFL history, and ever since then, they, they they did have the offensive line, the Black and Blues brothers in the in the 80s. You know, from about 84 to about 88, they played together and were was great. That was one of the best offensive line units in the history of the game of football. But other than that. The last 20 years, we the 2001 offensive line was real good, okay? And in 06, they were decent. But isn't it a shame the Bears have had such a horrid offensive line? And I, I want to talk to Bears about the Bears real quick, Coach. This whole thing with the Devin Hester package and all that, well, Mike Tice is the, is the coordinator. He better call plays that our offensive line could block, first and foremost. Don't call plays that you think are going to work. You have to call plays that you know are going to work because your offensive line is capable of protecting or, or, or blocking for those guys. And then the second thing is this. Do you know the whole Devin Hester package thing that they're talking about mm-hmm. with the Bears? So they're talking about pulling him off of special teams. Yeah, well, Why? Still, still oh, coach, I, I love the Hester package. Can't they have a 10-play Hester package and have him return every single kick? Then you utilize the best return guy in the game? They got Eric Weems, too. You put Eric Weems and Devin Hester back there. Devin doesn't have to return every single one, but he should be on the field on every single punt return, every single kickoff return, period, unless the Bears are winning by 28 in the fourth. I thought the plan was to have him on punt returns, but they were going to take him off kick returns this year. If you have Eric Weems, and you have Eric Weems, who's the probably the fifth-best return guy in the game of football right now, uh, Devin Hester would be number one, and then you start throwing in the Cribs and the and, and a couple other guys, uh, or Deshaun Jackson would probably be in there. But if you have Devin Hester on the field and Eric Weems at the same time, it's so dynamic, so unreal for a kickoff team. You're like you might as well let's squib it to the 35 and give them the ball on the 40, 42 yard line because we are literally risking a 5% chance of giving up a touchdown if we kick the ball to these guys. At the risk of sounding like bad sports talk host, who's Eric Linz? Eric Weems. Is he a you bear? Know who Eric Weems is? He's a the bear? Bears signed Eric, one of the best signings the Bears have had in years. They paid this guy like a billion and a half a year. He has played for the Atlanta Falcons. He's been a Pro Bowl 
special teamer. Every time Hester doesn't make it, you're like, how does Hester not make the Pro Bowl? It's because Eric Weems does. He is last year. He led the NFL in tackles on. Well, I don't know if it was last year. It was maybe the year before. He led the NFL in tackles on special teams, and he also returned two kicks for touchdowns. And last year he he was kind of banged up, but still the guy's healthy now, and he's one of the best special team players in the game. So now the Bears think they're going to get cute and take Hester off a kickoff team just because they got a great kick returner. If you want to make him even a great kick returner into an incredible one, put Devin Hester on the field with the guy. We just got a uh, tweet in. There, there's a rumor that Lovey Smith is going to take Eric Weems off of special teams and make him a backup defensive back and a spot slot receiver in case Hester gets injured. Okay, well, well, he will be he will be backing up in the cornerback position most yep. likely. For just to let you guys know, yep. so Thank he'll be their sixth defensive back if they yeah. do need one. All right, we got to move on. Football not on the docket for. Uh, Topic of dockets of discussion. There's too much to get to. Uh, 888-463-6748. Coach and the dog at your service. Give us a call. Anything in the world of sports you want to jump off the sports page. We're right here for you. Real quick in the baseball world. Big dog, your Chicago Cub broke a four-game losing streak on the road, and they did it in a big way, 10 to nothing. And Ryan Dempster finally gets his first win of the year. Uh, Talk about a guy who truly did deserve uh, a win. He had the fourth lowest ERA through nine starts of anybody that was winless in the his not the history of baseball, but since nineteen sixty. A two point nine zero ERA and he was winless going into yesterday's game. So it's awful good to see him get a W, get some support from his team because so far this year, either he gives up one run and loses one to nothing, or he pitches awesome and then the bullpen implodes on him in the you know, the last couple innings. So uh you know, he's a class act and he's kept his you know, he's kept his mouth shut. He never was complaining, never pointed fingers. He never zombranoed anybody for a misplay or anything <laughs> like that. So, uh, you know, he's a class act. And as much as I'm saying, as much as I love Ryan Dempster, and talk, call him a class act and all that, I, you know, I would love to see him wave his no trade clause and I'd love to see him pitch in a World Series and win mm-hmm. one this year. Okay. And have the Cubs trade him and get a, a bounty full of, uh, a prospect. And if the Cubs want to re-sign him again next year and make him their third or fourth starter, I wouldn't have an issue with that either. Yeah, well, I think that's the likely scenario. The only part you went overboard a little bit. I don't, you know, Ryan Dempster's good, and I think we will get value for him. I don't know if we're going to get a bountiful amount of young players. If, we are. If, it's, it's, if, it's, it's, it's Ryan it's Dempster. Still, it's not Justin Verlander. If I'm if I'm July 29th. The Red Sox really need a starting pitcher, and the Yankees really need a starting pitcher, and they start bidding on it. Crazy things can happen, Coach, okay. is, all, is all I'm saying. Crazy things have happened before. All right. Very good. White Sox lose to Toronto. We said it's going to be a heck of a series. I didn't get the attendance figures for last night's Sox game. We were all curious about that beautiful, gorgeous night. Tonight it will be also, but uh, does not start off well for the White Sox. Toronto win them 9-5, big dog. Uh, win them? Toronto beat him nine to five, and again, Phil Umber, who had the perfect game, really uh, he's had what seven or eight outings since the perfect game, one good one, and the other six have not been good, including last night he got shelled. He's he's had one good start since the perfect that's, game. So that's just, what I said. One good okay, start. Yeah. One. yeah uh, yesterday, first of all, Ricky Romero is a, is an underrated yes. winning style pitcher in Major League Baseball. He's like one of those guys where. Seriously, if the Blue Jays scored two runs, he somehow only allows one. And then, like, when they get a nine-run lead, he hammers it in or throws strikes, 
gives up a couple runs, but he doesn't care. He makes sure he goes deep in the game and he gets out of there. I mean, that's just a winning style pitcher. And he's seven and one on the year. He has a he has a shot at winning twenty games. And the, the Blue Jays are an excellent, excellent team. You know, coach, something real embarrassing happened to me yesterday. This this girl walks into the kayak place. Okay, and I'm not working at the time. And let me just say this, and please, women, if you find this insulting, I'm sorry, but Jeanette are men are genetically made up to just do stuff that just embarrasses us, okay? And this girl walked in, and she wasn't the most attractive girl in the world at all, but she had a shirt that was way too tight, and it was a Blue Jay shirt, Coach, and it wasn't a real Blue Jay shirt. It was like a designer one that she probably spent like 100 bucks on, and let's just say everything was spilling out, and it said Blue Jays right across the you-know-what, yep. okay? And they were massive, mm-hmm. okay? So if she isn't asking for attention, like anybody else, you can get mad at me, but I was like, seriously, I mean, it was, I, and I looked at him like, oh, and I say, Blue Jays. So she sees me look right at, you know what, okay. And her friend does too. And I'm like, oh, you guys are Blue Jays fans? And I start, I am not kidding, I start naming the whole, I act like I'm the biggest Blue Jay fan in the world because <laughs> I just got busted out looking at this girl's things that are spilling out of her shirt. And I'm like, Garth Orr, Lance Mullenix, you name it, Alfredo <laughs> Griffin, Tomaso Garcia, you Tom Hankey. You name a Blue Jay, you name, a, I named all the series, Pep Waters, I named the whole World Series starting last <laughs> roster. They forgive me and realize that I was actually a Blue Jay fan uh-huh. and not some creepy guy that accidentally got caught looking at these things, <laughs> filling out of her shirt, by the way. She needs a, she needed a, a thicker shirt is the best thing I can tell her. Uh, tell you, if Harry Carey was announcing that, how would he have described her? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> Tony, her cup run is over. <laughs> Did you did you even throw out an Edwin Encarnacion? Uh, I did. I cannot believe you said that because when they were coming back in, they were in one of those electric kayaks that we that are a hundred dollars an hour. They meaning okay. the two girls or just the one girl? Just the two girls. The two girls. Okay. So they were coming back, and <laughs> I am not kidding you. I yelled Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> I am not, I'm not making that up. I swear to you, I did. Uh... Because that's when I was out on my tour, and they were passing me. And my tour was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> Another example, folks, where sports nerds, you know, hey, it can it can pay off in particular situations. You know, you see a girl like that with a Toronto Blue Jays shirt on, and your knowledge of ex-Toronto Blue Jays can come in hand. Not often, not in often, but in rare moments in time, it can uh, it can work for you in the female world. I, Thank you very much. I, I told I told my partner, but I, but hey, he's like, I know exactly what happened. He's like, that was funny. He's mm-hmm. like, that was really funny. I was like, that girl, and she wasn't a, she was not good looking, coach, but still. If you walk around in public like that, though, with them just hanging out, basically, I guess you're begging guys, hey, look at my breath, mm-hmm. instead of look at my face. Really? Isn't that what it is? That's pretty much what it is. All right, moving right along. Moving right along. 888-463-6748, the phone number, dog and the coach, with you right up until 11 o'clock, and 11 o'clock is creeping. So if you want to call in, uh, do so quickly in the next few minutes. We'll get you right on. French Open Tennis, big dog. We haven't talked much about it there uh into the quarters, in some cases the semifinals. Now, I didn't see it, but from what I've heard, a couple of absolute classics last night, including uh, Novak Djokovic, who was, I think he had to survive, what did I read, four match points? Was it that many? Four? uh, Songo was broke. Right when I got, I I started watching at the beginning of the fifth set, and uh, you could just tell, I looked at him like, man, he looks exhausted. and He had four match points, and he didn't finish Djokovic. Wow. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's 
to the brink of elimination, not just once, not twice, but four times, still finds a way to win. He won the first set. Then he got beaten 7-5-7-5. So uh, my guy, Joe Wilfred Zonga, up two sets to one. And the uh, the fourth set, I guess, went 7-6. So it must have been in that set when he had four different points to win. It couldn't get any of them done. When Djokovic uh, won that set, Big Dog, then apparently uh, you know all hell broke loose. And he had an easy fifth set victory, 6-1. to one. But that sounded like a classic. So Djokovic is in the semis now. Well, and... Uh... I mean, and I don't think he's going to be stopped unless it's Rafi Nadal coach. And so it's, it's, it's turned out being one, two, three, four, isn't it? In the final. Semifinal. Well, I, there's, they're still working on it. I think the other matchups are going on right now. I know Roger Federer had a classic match last night too. He was, he lost the first two sets. Yes. And lost. then won the next three. Yeah. I mean, it was it Juan Martin Del Potro? Yeah, that's it, coach. Outstanding young tennis player. I think he's from France, right? I uh, that would I would say that would probably be uh just, I think that's Portugal, just, isn't it? Just making sure you're paying attention. Uh it could be. I'm pretty sure no, it's Portugal, not France. I would, say, I would it, say that was Portuguese. But at any rate, Federer down two sets and he comes back and wins the next three. So uh a couple of champions survive ultimate test, big dog, and you know what happened. We've seen it with sports teams. When they're down and when they're out and beaten and they find a way to win, usually the next game they come back and play loose, free, easy, and spectacular. And if Federer meets Djokovic at this point, it could be a classic. Uh, yeah, and I would be rooting for Roger. I, I like both those guys, though. Yeah. I really do like uh, – but I don't think Federer has too many left in him. And if he won another French Open, it would really solidify him as the greatest yeah. player that we've ever now, seen. Now, this won't count as a slam for Djokovic because for a grand slam, you have to do it in the same year. But yeah, he's, so he, he, he's – well, he's won the previous three. He'd, he'd have a Djokovic slam, what they were called like the Tiger right. slam, where Tiger had right. all four, but not in the same year. Right, which is still uh, unbelievable. But, I mean, he still has a chance at the slam, though. He really does. Yeah. I mean, he would have the trophy for all four major championships. Absolutely incredible. Rafael Nadal might have something to say about it, too. At any rate, keep an eye on the French Open. By the way, the big dogs pick in the women's finals uh, were both knocked out in the first two rounds, the Williams sisters. Not a good weekend, I guess it was, over in uh, Roland Garros Stadium in France for your girls, the Williams sisters. But there is two Ovas in the semis, Big Duck. As long as there's Ovas. Is Polova still there? Uh, no, Polova is not there. Sharapanova? What's her name? Sharapova? Sharapova. And yeah. against Kunitova. They're going to meet in the semis. So, And the other two are not Ovas. So there will be one. Female in the championship a match that does not end in over, Big Doug, a shocking upset. That's too bad. Yep. I, I would like a full of overs, Coach. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, uh, real quick, we got to mention Saturday coming up, the Triple Crown. Hasn't happened in 30-some-odd years. I'll have another. He appears to be – I know you've got some people down in, uh, in New York, uh, Big Doug, that might have some insight, but from what we've heard, I'll have another showing no pressure. Been very casual during the week, strolling around, hitting on some of the other female horses, and uh, he appears to be taking everything in stride. Very calm. Uh, yeah, I really don't know if this horse is smart enough to figure out all the, or or the fact that like there's not that much attention to horse racing anymore. This horse doesn't really know how much, you know how big the race is. Yep. If this has been 20 years ago, the horse would have sensed it. Okay, yep. coach. We'll see. We'll see. Union Rags is going to be one of the top contenders. He was 
Uh, disappointment in the Kentucky Derby out of the Preakness, but he's one of the horses to watch out for. 11 horses, so he's only got to be 10. Hasn't been done in 30-some-odd years, and I think we've had 11. He's the 12th horse since, Big Dog, that have won the Derby, won the Preakness, and somewhat amazingly, the previous 11, all have come up short in the Belmont. So that adds to the intrigue. You, you know, it, it cracks up as people are have been saying stuff like, oh, if we, all we need is a triple crown race, uh, and it'll bring the attention back to horse racing. It really hasn't. I mean, there's nobody talking about this. It's really hard yeah. to find anybody to, that's yeah. actually talking about this. Now, yeah. it's on NBC, isn't it, these horse races? Yes. Okay, that's right, because most people get their sports information from Disney products nowadays. That's yeah. why horse racing has gone down the tube. I hate to say it, as a horse racing fan who would love to see it come back, I completely agree with you. The whole, well, Triple Crown will bring back the interest, even if he, even if he does win, it's uh-huh. not, not going to make much of a dent. They'll have they'll have 30-second spot on SportsCenter about it. And then they'll do a 45-second a spot about how the Kings are the Stanley Cup champion. <laughs> and then they'll do a 27 minutes of Stephen A. Smith talking <laughs> about how bad the Miami Heat are. Yeah. Cause, you know what I mean? And And let's face it, when people get their sports information, they go to ESPN for it. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize what they're getting is packaged up Disney products to make sure that you watch ABC games on, you know, mm-hmm. on the weekends and you watch ESPN games all night during the weekday. Yeah. I am looking forward to Craig Sager, though, uh, in Chaps, riding alongside winning jockey Mario Gomez. Uh, that post-match interview, if it does happen, that one could be interesting. And, you know, Craig Sager, he'll come out with some designer-looking, like, multi-cloured chaps to be riding with. You know what, though? The other day, he went so far, so he was so far gone in <laughs> in the Game 5 uh, San Antonio, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City game with the all-white, with the red plaid. Like, I, t- I can't even explain it. I was like, that actually looked good. I was like, you look so <laughs> stupid at this point. <laughs> You have to know that yeah. the man is just clowning at this point. Right. Sometimes he tries to look goofy, and he looks just stupid and just goofy. And the other day, I was like, wow, that is so bad, it looks good. <laughs> so, I mean, and I, I, You know what? That's the thing, though, right? He's always going to have a job. He'll be making a million dollars a year to go places, watch basketball games, figure out a question to ask a coach as he walks off the floor. Yep. Not a bad okay? game. And then, they, and then, they, and then, he, then he says something funny about Charles Barkley being fat. Or lazy after Barkley rips him for having wearing an ugly suit, and then that's his day's done. And then he goes to another city, watches an NBA basketball game, asks coach two questions, and then retorts when Barkley says something bad about him. That's and makes a million dollars here. That's what he does. So I not guess, a, not a bad. You should start dressing like he does. <laughs> not a bad gig if you can get it. Hey, real quick before we go, it, it, basically it's a game seven tonight. We got to talk about that. Seven o'clock on ESPN. It's not really a game seven. It's a game three, but it is a game seven because it's the final of the final of the final. Uh, college women's World Series, best two out of three. The two teams that have uh, battled their way to the finals through the round of sixty-four teams: Oklahoma and Alabama. Each team has won one. Big Dog Alabama hanging on. They had an eight-one lead yesterday, and uh, Oklahoma scored five in the last inning, but they were able to hang on. So, uh, game seven tonight. A national champion will be crowned uh, with that kind of pressure, even though, you know, I know you're not a fast-pitch softball guy. I will be tuning in to watch. That should be a spectacular game. No, what are you talking about? I always watch the College World Series. I, there's no doubt I'm going to watch this. 
it's a game three, but game seven ramifications. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to miss this game. This ought to be a, a really good one. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Have you seen Oklahoma's pitcher, uh, the girl from Samoa? Uh, the, the I want I missed game two, but I saw first game. It didn't look like she was from Samoa. Well, Maybe she's it, Hawaii. Was she the one who started game one? She's the six foot two, about two hundred and forty pounds. For Oklahoma or Alabama? For Oklahoma. Not the pitcher I saw. Oh, was it Alabama? Is she from yeah, Alabama? The Alabama pitcher with Treya is her last name. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah. I, I honestly, uh, Lily the Lilac will not mind. Okay, I just one one time procreate with that girl. I am telling yeah. you, you will have a defensive end. <laughs> just give me one shot, coach. One shot. Just <laughs> her size, my jumping ability, her tenacity. I'm telling you, that thing, that- the thing. She's our child. Would be special, okay. It'd be extremely special. Probably be an idiot, okay. But it's especially got my brain. David, one but thing I'm about that kid—that kid, kid would have a good base. We know that. <laughs> a very sound base. <laughs> All right. By the way, not only a good pitcher, she can hit. She got the big hit yesterday. Did right. Really? Yes, oh, she did. Yeah, she bats third or fourth up for the team. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow at ten o'clock. Big dog, enjoy the day off and behave yourself. Up at the Upper Deck Pool at the East Bank Club, will you please? I am staying. I'm in Aurora for my one day a week with the pool opened out in Aurora today. And by the way, we're having a shoot for this year, man. So any girls in bikinis want to stop by, please stop by. But you got to be over 250 pounds. What about a guy at a thong? You cannot come. (laughs) Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.